All right, welcome back, Alyssa. Hi. Uh, welcome back to part two, which took some time to get done. It did. Well, you had to move. Yeah, I moved to Florida, so a new change in the set under construction. <laughs> well, congratulations, actually. Moving's huge. It was a lot, like, uh, moving, like, my body was so sore, because I don't work out as well. Oh. As- <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh. It's the moon just moved into Sagittarius, so everything's fucking funny, but I need to start working out. And the building that I'm moving into has a gym, so I'm like, I should take advantage of that. But yeah, uh yeah, I was super sore after like packing everything, but everything's good. And I'm here in Florida and I'm staying at my Airbnb. So yeah. In transition. Cool. In transition, <laughs> yes. And I'm glad you made time for the part two. And it's cool because I'm like such a, I'm always like, I'm going to do this video. It comes out three months later. So we we were talking about this, like, what is it with us? Like, there's no such thing as time. We yeah, have like, no concept. <laughs> time, we try to like plan the podcast. We'll like push it back or like be like, mm, I don't know about today. Yeah, the vibes off. Like, that's what you messaged me earlier. Like, how are the vibes? <laughs> Because like I was like, all right, I'm I'm good, I'm good, you know, and see if how how Alyssa is doing. Like, but you seem to be in an agreeable spirit. I don't know. Sometimes I agreeable spirit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Libra. Um, but yeah, I'm a Cancer rising, so I get moody as fuck. <laughs> the Pisces rising, like I can make myself up, but like I'm also a little bit stupid. Like it's just it's like an extra dumbness where I'm like, uh huh. What? And then I don't like asking questions like, what did you say? So I'll just like answer it and hope that I'm like coming close to something because, and then yeah. it just becomes a, a problem. I'm starting to do it right now. I'm starting to Pisces rising myself right now. It's, all you gotta do is look at the emotional body language and yes. respond. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Welcome back. Um, yeah. This episode, in the first episode, we talked about you. Yeah, about your life story, which was very enlightening, and um, I, I've I've gotten messages about people watching the podcast, and they really enjoyed it. Like they spent like three days watching it because it was really long. But oh, they did. That's so fun. They like really dedicate themselves to like watching it, um, and yeah, like how how was the reception on your end? What did, did anyone say anything? Yeah, actually, you know, a lot of people like who who could DM me or like message me. They, they really, really liked it. And um, a couple of people said that they watched it in one setting and they wished it was longer. And I was like, well, I guess if you're willing to watch three and a half hours, you're willing to watch five hours. But I, I don't know. It, it was fun. And actually it was so nice for me because, um, I mean, I sit and I talk about myself on my, my podcast, my embracing glory podcast a lot, but I do always feel bad or like when I'm giving a chart reading, I start comparing people's lives to mine, which isn't far off because like I'll, I'll see something like, you're like this. I remember when this happened. Um, but in this case, because it was just dedicated to me, I felt like free-er and not quite like I was hogging up the space with my story. And it was nice to talk about and even to like feel it flow without emotions because I spent the whole last year kind of going through a lot of those things and feeling more emotional about them. But after doing it with you, I was like, Oh, that, that wasn't that emotional for me. That's good. Like, I don't, I don't want it to feel anymore. I just, it's just like, this is there. This is where I am. 
And uh, yeah, I liked it. And yeah, and a lot of people were just like, no, it's really good. And I couldn't believe that people, I mean, I can believe that people watch it for that long. <laughs> I know, it was very long. I'm like, you know, some people will watch maybe. Yeah. Maybe but people. people I mean, I'm the type of person. I I like listening to those types of things. I, I I'll I'll watch a three hour interview. I'll watch a three. I'll listen to a three hour podcast. Like I like doing that. I like having one type of media to engage in. Like over time, you know, I'm super fixed. So I like. You know, that's um what because YouTube is an Aquarius, right? So YouTube is fixed. And I don't know if Spotify is or any of that, but like when you do particularly put something out onto YouTube, I feel like, I mean, at first I would try to get my videos under 10 minutes around five if I could, because I felt like people's attention spans weren't that great. But YouTube, because it is a fixed medium, has allowed to really fully shine in its fixed energy. And people on YouTube just get full immersive experiences and they go to YouTube to learn, I feel, and to like to gather information. And as long as you're giving information that somebody wants, they're going to hit up the video and they're going to watch the whole thing because they don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith. But yeah, so I've been I've been really paying attention a lot to that because I feel like the culture of YouTube is sort of because people have said that YouTube is dying and I don't think it's dying anymore because I think the culture has completely shifted to that immersive teaching experience. Yeah. And it's almost like college. That's weird that I said that, but it feels a lot like it. And I've noticed that, um, the timestamps, the, um, even we're going to talk about this later, but Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, all of the lawyers whose channels blew up, it just like when um, drama again was happening with YouTube and how everyone's like, Oh, YouTube's dying because Jeffree star and it's all toxic. But then what blew up around them were body language channels. So a lot of people were learning about body language. And I mean, I just think it's gone from there. now people are equipped to understand the law, which I have so much to say about that, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's very interesting and I definitely see the, the YouTube culture changing and especially how I use YouTube uh, has definitely changed. Um, but YouTube is like, I listen to my music on YouTube. Like I do everything on YouTube. I love YouTube. People, that's so funny. I used to do my music on YouTube and then someone was like, this was in 2018. So a while ago, someone was like, Alyssa, you, you listen to your music on YouTube? I was like, yeah. And I'm like, why? It's like, I don't know. There's Spotify. And then Spotify became like crack to me. Like literally Spotify is my crack cocaine. Yeah. I was an OG Spotify user like back in like 2011. Like oh. Spotify user. I've always been a Spotify user. I have a bunch of playlists, which I love because I, I can look up, I can listen to all my like, music that I listened to before on yeah. there. Um, well, no, YouTube has really great music recommendations for me. Like the music recommendations, like the algorithm is so good. Like they know exactly what I like. That's what my friend Tara was saying. Cause whenever Tara sends me a song, it's always from YouTube. And I was like, what do you do? She's like, she's like, where do you think I got all this good music? Cause she introduced me to a lot of music. We went on this road trip in November and she just had all these songs. She's like, you don't know who this is or this is. And I was like, no, she's like, well, they just came on my YouTube one day and I liked the song, but that's so funny too. Cause I'm just thinking about Aquarian energy and she's really Aquarius and that new stuff is good for her. I like, it's really hard for me to like, I'll be listening to music 
and I have to be in the mood to hear something new. Because if something new comes on and I'm not in the mood, like that Taurus energy, you know, it just gets shocked. It's like, no, fuck you. What, what, like, where did this come from? Alyssa, I have not found like a new song or like a new artist, like in so long. Like I just listen to all of my old music and like, honestly, music that's on TikTok. Like it's because TikTok, it, it, earworms little earworms like um the labyrinth song i'm like super into because but that that trended how long ago the uh, mount everest ain't got shit on me yeah that song i love that song mount everest ain't got shit but i never would have started listening to it if it wasn't on tiktok yeah and then they have like versions of the songs where it's like pluto projector but only the good part <laughs> yes that. i'm like this is exactly what I want. <laughs> See, this is interesting nowadays. It is. It's it's even um Billie Eilish. I saw she put on um well, I don't know how long ago she did this because it just came up on Spotify, like in my feed, but the edit version of Happier Than Ever. Because when I first heard Happier Than Ever, I just kept rewinding to the last part. <laughs> and so now she put on the edit and I'm like, because like people have to listen like ever she probably saw the stats and it's like nobody's watching this part they're watching that one they just want to they just want to hear you yell billy yeah exactly no i i'm the same way with that song like, <laughs> when i first heard it i just like that was fucking up that would have saved me from I, i'm sorry i think it's because we're influencers and we relate like people talking shit about us yeah well exactly because it's like she <laughs> legit says that out loud yeah. i don't talk shit about you on the internet and i'm like fuck right okay um awesome so yeah so this is part two hacking astrology you know all my podcast is all about kind of uh critiquing astrology and kind of how we use it uh, you know, we talk about our perspectives as professional astrologers and kind of, you know, explain how we use it. Um, and yeah, I just want to delve more into that in part two. And I want to hear like your perspective, because I think it's so important and it's so experienced. It's very nuanced as well. And so I, I want to hear just like how you kind of look at the world astrologically. Um, yeah, but We'll start with uh, Saturn retrograde. So Saturn retrograde is happening. Yes. Um, and there is a lot of talk around it, um, uh, especially in general when uh, retrogrades happen. There's lots of talk on social media. You know, yes. there's some narratives going around on social media that the people who did you wrong are going to get their karma. And <laughs> Sorry. And that um, you shouldn't shouldn't break the law because Saturn is watching, and that uh, you know, um, you know, a bunch of narratives around how yeah, Saturn yeah. retrograde is is working in this world, which I feel like sometimes is is responding to the ego, and you know uh, how people can use Saturn retrogrades to like kind of either like empower themselves to the point of not living a real life or they use it in a way where they feel really scared and that they don't know what to do and that they like um they just feel scared because they're like what do i do my life is gonna go awry and you know yeah. they look but those are like you know those narratives kind of circulate social media yeah. in the retrograde well, 
They always make me laugh though because you like I posted this on Twitter before I think probably like how often planets go retrograde how Saturn goes retrograde every year for months it's not like this anomaly (laughs) it's like every year you're gonna get caught up in three to four months of Saturn retrograde every single year that means that every single year this is everything's gonna fucking shift and whatever um it doesn't mean that it does however like when I look at Saturn retrograde I think about where Saturn is exalted and um, where it's at home and where it's not. And when Saturn goes retrograde, it does better in the places where it usually does worse and vice versa. And I've noticed that's a big thing. So it's like, if you're just like, oh, Saturn's retrograde because Saturn's just karma. Now it's retrograde. To be honest, does, so someone born with Saturn retrograde, they're always going to have everybody eat their shit around them. That's not true, right? Like you're not like this walking God that can get people to, fuck up their karma around you. Like, no, it's not it at all. In fact, a lot of people sat in retrograde feel like more personally attacked. So (laughs) whatever. Um, What I've noticed though is like, okay, so if Saturn is direct, it's a really good time to sign contracts and get married because Saturn does really well in Libra. It's exalted in Libra. Saturn um, is at home in Aquarius and Capricorn. So networking is a lot better when Saturn's direct Um, going on social media and like getting, you know, sometimes I think you, it can be like a better time to get followers when Saturn's retro. I mean, Saturn's direct, but for some people, maybe if they didn't get their due when Saturn was direct, they might get it when Saturn goes retrograde. If something was glitched, like whatever, call it the glitch. But then um, like Saturn, Saturn and Capricorn is really nice. So Capricorn type things like your career, everything that kind of goes a little bit slower. Like you have to be slower when Saturn's retrograde and you're talking about your career, be more decisive, hold yourself back from certain things before you dive into it. That's all. Like, it's just not, don't not do it. Don't quit your job every time Saturn goes retrograde, but like, it's going to be a little bit slower. And then, and then it's like, okay, also maybe wouldn't be a good time to get a new job. However, it's never a good time to get a new job because jobs aren't forever. Jobs are always evolving. So who cares if you started a new job <laughs> when yeah. Saturn retrograde? You you might lose it, but that's a that's a viable option no matter when. And like you, so, and you're saying that you know it's good to get married when Saturn's direct. It's good to sign contracts when Saturn's direct. Yeah. What do and you then- do? What do you what do you do when you have to get married or have to sign contracts when it is retrograde? You pay attention to the the whole chart, to be honest, like because I've noticed like there are certain times um, I was actually going through like days to get married in the summer for like one client a while ago. And I made a little TikTok on it. No one really saw it because I was like, I don't really want to like fuck people's brains up about this. However, there are certain days where that Saturn retrograde is a little bit harder um because right now saturn's in aquarius so you probably don't want to get married when the moon is also in saturn right like just stay away from that because it's going to enlighten that it's going to make it a bigger deal um but if you had to get married or sign a contract um you can do those things just realize that you're um you're making a commitment when it's not necessarily the best time to make a commitment. So how are you making this commitment? What are you making it for? I would just question it and see like, 
is it from your heart that this is happening? Is this unconditional love? Is this uh, like the truth of your existence? Like that you have to do these things. If you're being forced into it, just know that maybe it's, um, and you don't want to do it, but you're being forced. Just know that it will end because you're being forced. You know, like it, all those things, none of those are necessarily bad. I think they just kind of encourage you to really look at it more. So when Saturn's direct, you don't have to look at it. Um, and like, cause also if you look at where Saturn does really well when it's retrograde in moving, um, you just moved, it kind of can make things a lot better because Saturn is naturally, um, fallen or debilitated. Was it debilitated? Fallen. Debilitated. I cannot talk. Um, it's debilitated in cancer because it's at home in Capricorn. So think about all the home stuff family stuff. Like sometimes it's just nicer to be with your family when Saturn's retrograde. I noticed that like I've had more fun with my kids, just not like I don't have fun with my kids, but I've just felt a calling to spend more time with my, my children. And then, um, and they've definitely needed me more too. All of a sudden. I'll say for me, like with Saturn retrograde, I've become like way more aggressive, (laughs) (laughs) become like really upfront and really honest and really blunt and really like getting rid of all the BS. Because Saturn Uh, does poorly in Aries. So when it's retrograde, right? Because Saturn is fallen in Aries. So so by Mars. So when it's retrograde, it's a great time to like stand up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So some people would like say this is very limiting, right? That the fact that you're saying oh, we have to be careful during this time because of Saturn retrograde. And then some people would respond and be like, but I want to feel free. You know, like, how how do I come to terms with astrology and feeling free? It's interesting because you're not free. Oh, I'm going to explain it like this. Okay. So I used to know this guy who um, did, uh, he designed video games, right? And one of the, the major concepts was the idea of open world video games, right? Which is, what people want. They want that open world. And he goes, the problem is with test audiences, if you give them or test gamers, if you give them an open world, that is legit open world, no restrictions, no limits. It's not fun for them. It's, it sucks. It's just a horrible experience. There's nothing to do. But if you give them an open world experience with some structure and some rules to it, it all of a sudden makes sense. Why? Because that's the way life is. It just is. So when Saturn is direct, there are still things to be careful about. When Saturn is retrograde, there are still things to be careful about. When you're talking to another person, there are things you should be careful about. I'm not going to comment on certain things about you that I don't like to your face. Why would I do that? Why would I even think to do that? You know, it's like when you start to really understand how certain times are better for certain things, you're just like, Oh, I get to live freely within this energy right now. That's cool. I love when this happens. Um, so Saturn's retrograde, you're like, I'm able to speak up for myself. I'm not tied down to the limits of another person. But when Saturn's direct, the other part of the year, I sort of feel more chained to them. And that's a big deal because that's a true statement about it. Saturn retrograde is better for you. It's better to ident- self-identify. It's better for who you are. So it's like, that is kind of living more free and then realizing get that done while the energy is there for you. And when it goes away, um, you'll be in a better situation than you were 
before it went retrograde so that when you're actually dealing with people, partnerships, contracts, relationships, et cetera, you're going to be better at them. Yeah. And I mean, that's what life is. Contrast. You know, you can't have the bad without good. You can't have, you know, one without the other. You need to. And that's the beauty of life. When when it is great, it is really great. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, and. Okay. So do you think that there is a place for free will in astrology and like, where do you, how do you think that, that, that interplays with everything? Well, there's that whole idea, um, that one half of your chart is free will. The other half is faded. So from, if you look at one side from the 10th house, the 11th house, the 12th, first, second, and third, that is all free will. And then the faded houses are the ninth, eighth, seventh, six, five, four. That's all faded. And it's because when you're dealing with one side of your chart, you're dealing with other people. We are sort of faded or destined as soon as it comes into our combining forces with other people. However, when it comes to the decisions we make ourselves or our own inner universe or inner consciousness, our relationship to God or power or source, whatever that is, those are our, all of our choices. And it's actually why you get into like the 12th house is the house of undoing, but it's also the house of unconditional love. Those are your choices to clear out that shit and to make it better. Your first house is your personality. And within, it's like, to say you're, all right, you're cancerizing. To say you're limited by cancer would be foolish because cancer is literally one twelfth of the energy in the world. That's not limiting. One twelfth of 7 billion people is so many fucking people, you know? So it's like that energy is infinite within cancer for you to act within. And you can go a million different ways with that energy. You don't, or you're not confined to just cancer cries, <laughs> right? Like there's so much. And the deeper you go into every sign, the more you're just like, this sign's just like this sign because you and see I, its relationship. I feel like people don't realize that. I think people do look at one sign and they're like, cancer, cry baby. Like, so yeah. tell me more about that. Like, oh. The free will and the faded sides? So there is an infinite way for a certain zodiac sign to express their energy. Yes. It's just what we get into is within half of us, whenever we start talking to another person, or engaging with another person, we lose part of our free will. We just do because we can't. You have to meet in the middle somehow, and uh, that's why certain people are more restrictive. Certain people are they they feel more free. The people who are more aligned with us, who are closer in energy to us, will make us feel freer. The people who are more opposite in energy will make us feel more chained, and that's basically it. So yeah. we are taught as like society. <laughs> I don't know why whenever I say society, I feel stupid because memes made me hate that word. Um, But we're taught that we need to be in community and to be in relationships and to be close to our family and all that stuff. And I'm not saying all that's bad, but that is what takes away your free will. You only know yourself when you're alone. And so you have to have that time. You have to have half of your life alone. Otherwise you will completely lose yourself and you won't know who you are anymore. And you'll, imagine that these chains are completely killing your free will. It's not astrology that does that. It's other people. It's giving your life to other people that kills your free will. Not astrology. Astrology is just there. Just doing that's some of the arguments that people have, you know, they're like, 
why did the stars affect you? You know, those comments that you get randomly. It's just, yeah, it's so funny because it's just like, it's just natural order. Get over it, dude. Like, you'll look at it a different way. There's, you need natural order in some way. And this one just is how we describe it. That's all. We saw the natural order and started describing it. Um, we didn't invent it. No one made up astrology because they didn't see the patterns. The patterns were there originally and we titled the patterns yeah. or yeah. named them. It's all it is. And it's like, when people say stuff, it's just like, you're stupid and you're thinking you're smart. I don't know. I can't handle you. Yeah. I, I used to have, all right, fight with people like that all the time. But then I started to realize they just run themselves into walls and they refuse to get out of the wall. And then they're stuck in the wall forever. And I'm like, okay, bye, peace, like yeah, whatever. Bye. I, can't I, don't, I don't entertain comments like that because the way I describe it is they're playing ego games. They're, pl they're playing games of ego, you know, and you, you could quit the game if you want. You can always mm -hmm. quit the game of ego. Um, and when you do, that's when you start to learn and understand and grow and develop. Exactly. It's, um, it's actually funny because I was talking about this with someone today. Um, I couldn't figure out how to level up my astrology game when I came back from a hiatus, because when I like the first five years of my astrology was Alyssa Sharp fucking simplifies everything and makes it easy. Right. That was what it was. But something happened from that. And that was that I was consistently called stupid. Right. Um, and no one respected me. So I came back and I didn't know what to do. If I was going to go more of like a creative route, which I tried, it didn't really work. Or if I was going to go the old route, which I didn't like, because I was like, that's not, that's not me anymore. I've evolved. I've grown. And then the other one was a technical route to show how smart I am. And I went that route for a little while and I got comments from people and people not really totally connecting to me about like, Alyssa, why can't you just be how you used to be? Like, I don't get what you're saying. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It's because I'm fucking smart as shit. So get over it. Like, I didn't say that necessarily, but like in my brain, it was how I was balancing this out. Right. So, um, I got canceled on Twitter like last year for, um, and it, for being stupid. Okay. Like, so I just saw so many comments about how stupid I was. And so it hit me in that place of my ego really hard. I was also going through my 12th house perfection. Right. And I was like, fuck, they still think I'm stupid. Like I literally am trying to show them how smart I am because I do know this stuff. I know this stuff backwards and forwards and like up and down and like, why can't people get it? And then I had like this whole dark night of the soul, whatever, blah, blah. I, I come back. I like refused to go on YouTube because I was like, I can't do it right now. Like I just shut down from it. And I went back on YouTube in January. I did one video and it wasn't anything. And then I did a couple other videos and because I had just kind of come into myself, into my own energy, that thing that was always there, that growth that had taken place that I didn't have to look outside of myself to find, I realized that I, I, I figured out what I was supposed to do. And it was just speak from my heart. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was better. Like I was able to speak in a simple, simple way that I always have, but on a much deeper level, because I have grown in deep, <laughs> with it, which was crazy because I was like, that's my ego. My ego naturally always goes to why does everyone think I'm stupid? I hate that. And it's like, Alyssa, like calm down. But it's like, that's what also would cause me to have arguments with people too. And now I just block people. Like I'm, 
I did a Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing and people's comments were so all over the place. I was like, I can't, can't argue with you guys. It's making me feel dumber. So I just started blocking people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's really funny. Um, and thinking about that, I, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so this is something that I've been dealing with and kind of trying to solve in, in my head. So maybe like you could help me with this as someone who, you know, has, you know, um, experience, um, is about like reading public figures charts, like uh, celebrity charts. And uh, I think like the whole use of it. And, um, you know, I think that there is like a common understanding that, you know, public figures charts are, uh, you know, up, up, up for grabs when it comes to like, you know, uh, looking, looking at, at their charts, looking at their astrology, because it can be defined as like mundane astrology. And um, it's a way to kind of learn about how certain uh, placements, transits, aspects kind of manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, so first I want to ask you, like, what has been your experience of like reading ce- charts of celebrities and public figures? Well, years ago when I read them, I got ripped to shreds um, because... Oh, you did? I got actually, I deleted a couple of them. I thought that I just privated them, but I I think I felt it so bad that I like just deleted them because I couldn't handle it. Um, I got, I mean, I got people praising it too, but it wasn't that they were not liking the way I read it. It was that I read it like that, that I chose to go there, that I chose to say that this person might have this issue with depression, like that kind of thing. And people were like, I'm disappointed in you. Like, and I hate when people say they're disappointed in me and it, it kind of was a trigger. So I was very triggered back then. It was years ago. So I just deleted them all. And then I did them again. And I actually got comments on them in a different way this time. And that was that I was biased, (laughs) Um, which I then privated all of them for a little while. And then I like a, a month ago, I think I just was like, whatever, they can all come back out. Because I started to realize that I'm not biased. So that shouldn't bug me. I'm really not. And I also, I did so, and actually I will say this, I learned a little bit about the criticism from before as well. And that is, I try really hard not to go out and say, this person is a fucking fuck, fuck, you know, like this person sucks and this is why, because that's not fair and it's not true. And what I, what I got, cause I did a Jeffree Star's chart and Shane Dawson's chart. And for the most part, the comments were pretty good. I tried very hard to look at them objectively like human beings. And actually, I didn't even try very hard. It's not hard for me to look at people objectively like human beings. I just tried very hard not to put in any sort of like joke, right? Like the little jokes that I might do that I think are funny, they're not funny when you go that way. And I, I've had to learn that. Um, the When I did Johnny Depp and Amber Heard most recently, the things that I've, I got three very common comments. You can probably guess what they are, but one of them was, I love how you took a very non-biased approach. Two was, you made Amber Heard sound like a horrible person and you made Johnny Depp sound like a great person. And three, you made Johnny Depp sound like a horrible person and Amber, I mean, and Amber Heard sound like a great person. And I was like, do you guys see what's happening here? Do you guys see it? Like, there's no way I did all three of those. That's impossible. So what did I do? I I seemed to take no side, which made you appear like feel that I took a side. That's what happened. And um, 
I can't win with that. So <laughs> I, I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, no, I did good. I did good. But what I feel is though, like people wanted me from anybody who was just like very triggered by the whole thing based on what the actual energy of the court case was, wanted me to say really, really bad things about Johnny Depp and then, you know, vice versa. And there's just no way that astrologers should be doing that. And I also don't like going into like when I remember when Robin Williams died, this is weird. That was a long time ago, but I was an astrologer and everybody was reading his chart about like why he committed suicide and stuff. And I thought that that was so horrifying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't know if I was being pompous about that, but I was like, that sounds awful. And then what if somebody has the same things that he has and they're considering it, then they're like, oh, it's a good time to do it because Robin Williams did it. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. And I know that we want to figure out why people do the things that they do, but maybe we can do it in a celebration of like their life more so than, um, than, than our astrological egos trying to be like, I can pinpoint exactly why he did this. That's where it comes down to. And I had, I'm not going to lie, like with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I had much more to say. Um, but the truth is, I don't know. <laughs> like, I had more to, I could say more about their charts together. And I felt that it would be important not to. And only for the sake of, anybody who relates to them and seeing comments of both of them, seeing how there's people who were born similar days as either of those people. It's like, yeah, don't do that shit and don't hurt people because <laughs> every celeb is, they're not the only person born on that day. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's a lot of ways to do it, but I'm like, I feel very good now about reading charts of celebrities because I've had my chart read publicly by people. Yeah. And same here. Like someone has taken apart my chart. Yeah. And it's like, well, at least for me, I guess I just have a, a very personal like gut reaction to it where, cause it's like, I, I never consented to that. I never wanted that to happen. And then they did it in a way where it just kind of like made very like limiting and yeah, definitely hurt me. And just like, concluded certain things about me that you don't even know me and I'm not even there to confirm it. So I've just been thinking about it because now I'm on the other side of the, the, you know, the, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the one being, I'm, I'm the lab rat, you know, now, yeah. now I'm being looked at and now I'm being objectified and then people are making limiting judgments on me. And so when I think about celebrities or public figures, I think about them as well. Like they're, they're human, they're human beings. And, um, for their chart to be, you know, the ones to be taken apart. Like, I wonder how that affects them personally, but also mm -hmm. wonder how that affects the world spiritually, because I, I believe that uh, our charts are very spiritual maps. They're very, uh, sensitive information about us. It, it is like kind of the map of our soul. Um, so when someone, takes a chart and kind of like really takes it apart and, um, you know, makes conclusions when they don't have the person there to like confirm it. I know how that feels to be that person. Um, yeah. and so it just made me think about like celebrity charts in, in that way. Yeah. It's, um, it's, 
it is actually really interesting. There's a couple ways that I've looked at it. Um, there's more private celebrities that I've done their charts, like um, Lana Del Rey, Adam Driver, Billie Eilish. They're not as um, vocal about things, right? And I've done their charts. And when I did them, I really tried to just talk about what I liked about them and what I felt like their purpose was, like giving to the world. Because I thought that if they would ever come across it, that they would be uplifted by it. I like, and I thought that that was that was important for me to do. Um, when I did the, I did a Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly and Kim, Courtney Kardashian with Travis Barker. I did their charts because they put their relationships on blast, right? So I wanted to talk to people about why they're saying these things, and if I see them too. And so maybe support them in some way or like whatever. Um, and then the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, I was like, well, this is a very private matter that they've decided and agreed to make very public, right? So let's kind of go into that, but let's not go into whether or not one of them is the obvious abuser. Like, let's not do that because that's not what's going to happen. Um, but then I'm going to show some things that can mean certain things because it's a good teaching tool. Now, that's not going to be the way for everybody. And I have this feeling inside of me where like I've actually, because I, I, there'll be years I don't do a celebrity chart reading because I have those feelings. And I think what you're feeling is completely valid. Um, and so every once in a while, I'll get this feeling that I need to do it. And the reason why is because I feel like <laughs> I've given myself the, um, the spiritual reasoning to do it or like the calling or like that I can maybe add something instead of taking it away. And if I ever feel like I did something wrong, I've deleted so many videos when I feel like I've done something wrong, that I feel like, oh, I, I added this into the world for a shit reason. I'm going to take it back and apologize for it or whatever. And because I don't like that negative shit out there. And if I thought that a criticism of one of my videos was really, really valid, then I wouldn't be blocking that person's comment. <laughs> I'd be taking my video down. And that's my own inner moral compass, which my own inner moral compass doesn't belong to anybody else. Right. That's something that I've like, I've had to kind of really go into this a lot because somebody is going to read their charts. Somebody's going to do something horrible. Can you weigh it out on the other side? Yeah. And if I'm, equipped to do that should that be me is it going to be somebody else and then i go from there yeah and i think i and i think that one of the, the more i've been thinking about it it's not it's not the fact that we can't look at their charge because i do think i i i i, I could definitely ride with the wave of celebrities public figures they put their life out into the public they put their life on blast so we have the right to talk about it I get that. So I think it's fine to look at celebrities' charts, but I think that when we do look at it and make conclusions, that's where we need to be careful because mm -hmm. a, lo a lot of these people will just go in and make these limiting judgments. Like you said, they're yeah. going to do it anyway, especially on Twitter when a world event happens. And oh, yeah. With the charts and there's lots of discourse around that. Like people are like, it's not the time and place to use that. So it's like we really have to think about when, where, how, mm -hmm. which we have to do with everyone's chart. <laughs>
Yeah, it's true. And like when you're reading for people, yeah, you're not going to go and say things. Like even when I'm reading for somebody and they're not there, I still like sit and do my readings for people and I start apologizing. I'm like, I'm not saying anything about your mom. I promise you, it might not be your mom, but I'm seeing some mother figure. Like, and I just kind of go into that because I'm like, I don't want to project. Exactly. What? I'm saying exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And um, because you just, you can't, you can't put everybody into this box. Like somebody commented to me that um, Mars in Virgo is very abusive. And I was like, what a fucking bad astrology take. Um, Because one in 12 people have Mars in Virgo. Yeah. I am Martin Virgo. I've never beaten up anybody in my fucking life. So what does that mean? Like, that's such a stupid take. It's a stupid take. It's a foolish take. It's almost an evil take all at once. Because what if somebody who didn't know saw that? And it's always been like, everything is so much more nuanced. You have to like read the whole chart. And even still, you have to understand that there's things that you can't see in it because you're just not at the place to see them. You'd have to, even working with the person, you might not see them all. I ha- I'm an astrologer and there's still things in my chart that I don't see and I'm still learning about me. So to expect that we would know everything is insane. Um, I was thinking one thing based on being the lab rat or like on the other side of it. When I started astrology, I was told by other astrologers on the internet not to give up my chart. That's what they said, right? And I was like, okay, so I didn't. Then I went on like Reddit, like Lipstick Alley, when people were talking mad shit about me and they're trying to figure out my chart. And for some reason that gut punched me like hardcore. Like I did not like that because they were wrong on every level. And they're like the way that they were saying that, oh, she must have this square this because she's such a bitch or like whatever they were saying. And I was like, um, okay, one, I don't even have that. Like, how do I go on Reddit and just tell you I don't even have that? Um, but I never did. Um, And so what happened was, is that I just gave people my chart and I did it because I was like, you're, you're going to be annoyed by this and you're going to be poking at me and I'm going to feel it. So here you go, have it and um, read it. And you might hate certain things about me based on it, but at least they're real. And then I've had a few people read my chart and they've done it very nicely, like in videos. Um, like actually one of my friends, Nicole Brenny, I met her cause she read my chart and when I quit astrology, she wanted to know why. And it was very nice and it was like really warm and I, it was very sweet. And I've had a couple other people, um, Brahm astrology read my chart and this other woman read my chart and they were very, very nice about it. And I liked that energy. So I'm like, I liked it when it was nice. I don't like it when it's shitty. And for, you shouldn't ask for critique. You, you never asked to be to, yeah. to for that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like the one thing that I do know, and I'm like, I didn't ask for it, but I asked, I did ask for this. I did. I did want to be Alyssa Sharp. I did want to be well-known. I wanted all that. And it's like, I wasn't ready or prepared for it. So I've had to do a lot of work to do that because I'm, I'm just a girl from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Like what? Like I, I wasn't asking for any of it, but I was asking for all of it. I didn't want to be a girl from Crystal Lake, Illinois. I wanted to be somebody who lives in Hollywood, <laughs> like that, you know, her name. And when she walks on the street, you say hi, cause you know who she is. I wanted that. That was things deep in my core. So I was like, if I want that, what is the balance 
what is the payment? Like, what is it? And I've been trying to figure that out ever since. And I don't think it's so fair for me to ask that everybody knows me, but they don't get to know me. But I do think that they should, they don't get to know everything. I don't, they don't get pictures of my kids every day, you know? Yeah. Um, hold on. Let's take a pause. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I so I think it's important to kind of think about how we're looking at these charts because I think it's something that happens often, especially on, like, Twitter, astrology Twitter and, like, astrology TikTok. Like, people really go into the celebrity charts when, uh, you know, when, when a certain current event happens because it's trending and current events always trend, you know? So I just think it's important to talk about like the boundaries and like how to do it the right way and not in a way that's an asshole. Yeah. You know, actually you just got me thinking about something. Some There's two things that happen on TikTok. One or like Twitter or any of these things is one, people go for the jugular and they say, this is because of this and this is shitty and this is bad. And this is why this is happening. Trying to prove their dominance, which is not okay. And then the other thing that people do is um, they're so light about it. I've seen some astrologers be like, oh, Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber are soulmates because their moons are in these signs. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's horrifying. And I'm like, I get so horrified because people in relationships, like, that's why actually, honestly, it's why I did a twin flame. I wanted to do a compatibility video that showed that it was much more than just compatible moon signs because I was seeing it all over. And so in my view, because I do like, really in different ways, but I do have, I've had ethical opinions about astrology and stuff for a long time. One of, I actually stopped being friends with an astrologer because she told this girl that her crush that she had on this guy who she didn't even know his birth time. And she never talked to him that they, um, that he liked her and they could be compatible in a relationship. And I, got mad at her for it. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> and she's like, what? I was like, this girl came to you and, and basically said, this is my crush. Um, I don't know his birth time because I'm afraid to talk to him. Are we good together in a relationship? And she said, well, I just gave her my um, understanding of their charts and they would be good in a relationship. And I'm like, I don't think that that's fair. One, you're not like, I was like, you didn't give her enough information about it. And two, like be a little bit, you need more nuance here, right? Because I don't want her to think, oh, this is the person I'm supposed to be with and have her hold on for 20 years, you know, just because she paid an astrologer and the astrologer told her to. And she told, looked at me and said, um, just because I'm a great astrologer and you're jealous doesn't mean you have to get mad that I like, and I was like, whoa, okay. So I was like, not gonna know you anymore. And the thing is, is like, so I'm like, I've always had an issue with the way people did certain things, even if I was newer at it. But as I'm older and I do know more and I can see more things, sometimes I do feel like it's important that I talk about it. And I like just to counteract it, like we said, and I'm, that's my thing. So it's like, I put that on myself, but only when I feel called to, because I'm not always feeling called to, to be a, an astrology savior, but every once in a while, I'm like, no, I want to, I want to bring out my viewpoint for it because it needs something. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And, and so when I saw like that, people were like, yeah, they're soulmates based on their moon signs. I was like, oh my God, give me a break. This is going to, this is horrifying. And I don't know why I hate it so much. I mean, I do. There's multiple reasons, layers and layers of reasons why that horrifies me. But relationships based on elemental compatibility are just the beginning <laughs> and not the whole thing. You need to be, you have to, it's way out of everybody's league, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say it's out of my league, you know, <laughs> it's, I can only get what I can. There's just so much responsibility when it comes to being an astrologer and yeah, people, I feel like just play around with it. They do. Dangerous point. You know, many people like I've had astrologers read my chart, like, cause they'll just want to read my chart and they're like from TikTok or Twitter or something. And I don't, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but I've, there's been many. So if anyone's watching this, you're like, I've read your chart. There's been many, but I've noticed that people will say things to me that if I wasn't, um, like if I didn't know myself and I didn't know my chart, it would be really damaging. And it's, it's weird stuff. And they all read it the exact same. They all learned how to read house by house which weirds me out a little bit because when you read a chart house by house, it's very newbie. And so I'm like, so I get that you're new because you, you start your first house is this sign. Your second house is this sign. We got to know like Placidus versus whole sign. Like you can use both of them if you're not going in that order like that, you can go between the two, whatever. Um, but a lot of them will talk to me about my Saturn in the eighth house and Scorpio. And they don't see that my South node is also there because they don't know a lot about the nodes or like they don't, they disregard the South node and they will tell me a lot of like, I'm learning how to give more of myself to other people so that other people can pick up the slack for me. And my karma has been the exact opposite. My karma has been completely learning about how to be self-autonomous and to not trust other people with me because they are greedy with me. Right. And you can see that if you look at my whole chart, but if you're just reading that I have Saturn and Scorpio in the eighth house, and you're telling me this girl who literally would give up my entire life for people a long time ago, only to have them backstab me, that that was what I was supposed to do. I would have been like, oh, really? That's my life. <laughs> and I would have like, ah, who knows if I would have kept doing it. And that like, when I would hear that from astrologers, I'd be like, oh, you just like went there. No, like you can't, like I'm, I'm done now. Like I, I want, I want to tell you that that's wrong, but I also, um, don't even want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> like I'm having this problem, like with you ruining myself, like what could have ruined my younger self. And at the same time, trying to be like, that's not how you should read it because of the South node and like giving you constructive criticism that you don't really want. You just want to prove that you're a good astrologer by reading my chart. I don't know the audacity. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm curious, what's one thing that you think that you can, as an astrologer, make as a conclusion for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's chart? Like what's one of the things that you found or just what's one thing that you think that is a very reasonable read on their charts? Um, one is Johnny Depp has this big T-square in his chart. And I, when I saw it, I was like, this guy is very self-destructive. As I saw it, it's like, he's incredibly self-destructive. 
and he's going through a second Saturn return. So if he loses, it's because his karma was not fulfilled. If he wins, his karma is fulfilled. That means he did something right. Saturn doesn't, Saturn doesn't give a fuck what we believe. Saturn does what it's supposed to do. And Johnny was going through his Saturn. No, he wasn't. It was right after his Saturn square um, when Amber filed for divorce or the, in the um, temporary restraining order. So that would have been um, when Saturn was in Sagittarius, I think. But his Saturn square was in Saturn Scorpio. So he would have gone through a lot of different karmic changes up into this point, getting him prepared for a Saturn re- second Saturn return. And if he didn't learn his lessons, he would have lost. You can't, you can't fake that. And his, and that was part of his T square and it was in his seventh house of relationships. And it also showed that this like Mars, Pluto, um, I think it was Uranus. I forget what it was. Um, when in Virgo and the way that it was a part of this in square, a lot of things showed that he was very self-destructive and not necessarily outwardly destructive unless you're like attacking him like an animal. And I thought that that was very obvious in Johnny's chart. Like, and I was like, that's something that I think is out there. I don't think I talked about his Saturn second Saturn return because I didn't want it to be a prediction video. Mm. That was very important. I'm like, I don't make prediction videos um, unless it's for personal use. Like, your sign, like this is what's going on with you because I'm not going to predict for other people anymore. Um, and the thing with Amber was her, she also had a T-square. I didn't know exactly where it fell. So I couldn't tell you what houses it was in, but she did have Mars conjunct Neptune as a part of this T-square. And I said something and I've gotten some slack for it, flack for the wordage I use, but I use the word because I've, um, a lot of my friends have been, um, sex workers (laughs) and throughout like understanding my friends and being sex workers in like every different way, whether it's like strippers or cam girls or, um, any, like, uh, what was it? Uh, escorts, whatever, you know, like all this stuff I've, I know a lot of them. I, and I love them and I know them and I've never had any issue with anyone based on that at all. So I said a remark where I called her, I said, she's, it's got prostitute energy and people don't like the way that I use that. I've never heard the term prostitute is used negatively. And I'm, and just because I'm friends with people who would call themselves prostitutes and joke about it. I was just like, that's what I would um, call it because of the sacred prostitute as well. There's a sacred prostitute energy. So I just called it prostitute because to me that's the most spiritual form of this whole thing and that's not a derogatory word for me but that i felt was very obvious in amber's chart that amber has very loose boundaries when it comes to how she's going to project herself in this world and how she's going to utilize her body to get the things that she wants that seemed very obvious in her chart and i got flack for it for saying it but i was like I'm going to say it anyway. Um, A lot of people also didn't like that I said Johnny Depp was self-destructive and that Amber might be more destructive on the outside. But I was like, but no, if you can read this T-square, you can see how it's self-destructive. If you're just going for Mars conjunct Pluto and that means he destroys everything, then you're not reading the whole thing correctly. You're not reading it fully. And that's you need to read the T-square. And if you don't know how to read a T-square, you shouldn't be reading these charts like this. How like the energy is released in different ways. Yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't re- always release yeah. externally. And, um, but Amber's very obviously did release in a certain way that was more external and more about 
being free with her body and open with her body in a point where I don't, it, it, that's what it looked like. And it wasn't not obvious too. And I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't something that was kind of already public, like not even kind of like if you, you can research Amber Heard <laughs> and it, it adds to it. So I wasn't going to say it if, unless it wasn't something that was already there. And I'm already kind of stuttering about it because it feels weird saying it, but I do feel like those are some things that I just saw that were so obvious that I was like, this means this. And it's okay that it means this. It just does. Like, I don't have any problem with anybody with Mars conjunct Neptune. I just want you to know that that's what it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, that's just a thing. It's that's what we have. That's being told. That's just the reality of the energies. That's exactly. Cool. It is. And it's, it's a, if you look at Mars conjunct Neptune, it's like no barriers on your sex drive. Okay. No barriers. That's freedom there that you can look at it that way too. It's, it's, it is what it is. So hopefully I didn't say it negatively, but people will pick up what they think. <laughs> no, uh, thank you for explaining that. Um, I think that, I think that help that can help people understand how to look at a chart and then how to work with the boundaries of it. Um, and, and really like hone in on what, how to really look at a celebrity chart. So I appreciate oh, yeah. you telling me that. Um, what I wanted to talk about next was your time on YouTube. Uh, you know, I feel like when you went up, when you came onto YouTube, you you know were critiqued by other YouTubers for huh. uh, tainting the art of astrology. Um, yeah, of course. I want to know like what that felt like. What did it like? Okay, so we talked about this on the other podcast of you know what the environment looked like, but like. What was your approach in, I guess, making astrology more lighthearted? Um, I have always been someone who like wants to do things that I want to see. I don't like to make content that I wouldn't ingest myself. And therefore, I have some videos that I made strictly because they were kind of asked of me. And I don't like those videos at all. <laughs> And I won't watch them and I don't think they're interesting. And it's a similar reason why um, I've never made classes. People are always like, would you make teaching classes or astrology classes? And I'm like, no, because I fucking have never bought a teaching class. Like I, I wouldn't ingest it. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around. Let's do this thing. A lot of people like that. A lot of people have a desire to like teach in, in that general box. And I don't. Um so when I came onto YouTube, I just did it the way that I wanted to, the way that I thought it was missing. And I was like, this is not here. And I've always learned or knew. What? What did you think was missing? I thought it was missing. Like when, okay, I would go Google back in 2012 or 2010, even when it went like 2008 and stuff, I would be trying to Google information and I would only be able to come up with um, like certain websites. Uh, and they were like Wix website, like just older websites, a lot of things. Some of them were pretty scary about certain aspects of your chart. Like if you're going to have this, you shouldn't get married. Or like for me, it was like, if your moon is here, you um, have to get married. Otherwise you'll ruin your life. Stuff like that, you know, fun stuff. And um, I, I don't know why it's all about marriage since I'm a Libra, but the like the energy of what I saw felt old okay. and not like me at all. And 
I didn't understand why I felt like I was the only person in the world fucking around with astrology in my daily life and why in order to talk to anybody about astrology, I had to teach them first. (laughs) Like I was just, I, nobody knew what I knew and nobody was talking about it the way that I wanted to talk about. So if I went online, I couldn't find people enjoying just having fun talking about astrology. Right. And so I went on YouTube and looked when that started happening. There was this girl actually on YouTube. She was very cute and had a very soft voice, kind of like very ASMR. And she's not there anymore. And I forget her name. But she would talk about placements of astrology. I remember watching her and being like, she's very sweet. Um, and I actually don't remember when I was watching her. But I do think she was like just a girl talking about how she liked astrology. And she stopped though. She didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) And she just kind of stopped because it wasn't anything to her. But I remember being like, she's got her own thing going on. I like how she's talking about things she likes in astrology. Um, But she's still, she's so sweet. (laughs) And can anybody just like talk about astrology and be a little bit more crass or something? I don't know. Like I was just looking for that. So like, right. sorry, I was just, I was staring off into space while I was thinking of that because I'm like, I forgot about her. Yeah. Um, But there's like, I was like, there's needs, I need to, where, where am I? Like, that's what I was looking for. I was just looking for a mirror on the internet of somebody who was like me, who was talking about it the same way I was. And there wasn't. So then I just started doing it. And then quickly realized why there was nobody doing it. Possibly it's because astrology was completely gatekept, gatekept. It was, there were so many gatekeepers and you had to be a certain way. Otherwise you were going to get destroyed by these gatekeepers and everybody was, and it was like, they was learned within them to be gatekeepers. Cause even certain astrologers who have changed up the way they do things didn't do it until after I got destroyed for it. They were doing it the old way which was like daily horoscopes and things because that was existing before me. And um, realistically, it was a lot of daily horoscopes. That's what was on YouTube. And I was like, I don't care about my daily horoscope. It's pointless. Stop it. <laughs> I was like, I don't need that. I just want to like somebody talk about how, how fucking annoying Aries are. <laughs> how do I deal with this energy? How do, how do I live with it? Like, and what does yeah. it mean? And- yeah. What does it mean? And like, if somebody's, wants to learn how to read a chart, like, how can I explain this to you in a way that makes sense to you? Because nothing made sense to me when I was learning it. I would read shit. That's actually, I probably went a long about way to do this, but I would read stuff and it didn't make sense to me. I'd be like, how, like, what are these written in old English? I don't know. Like, I was just like, I don't get it. And so I would be like, I had a hundred charts, you know, like my astro.com database, which I'm so, I'm so lame like that because I don't use software. I just still go on astro.com because I never needed software. I never had it for years. I couldn't afford it. And so finally, when it came down to like, oh, you're a real astrologer, Alyssa, what software do you use? Nothing. I just go on and I look at the chart. I can pull up a chart anywhere online at any time. I don't need my software. Um, Software also tells you stuff. And I'm like, I've never needed that. I don't need other people's verbiage on what this is because I figured it out and I have it all up in here. But I, um, 
I just would go and I would look at people's charts weekly before I did YouTube. Um, I would focus on one aspect of something like, oh, Mars. I'm going to look at all my friends and I'm going to look at what their Mars is. And I'm going to like stare at them like this. And like, that's just what I did. I would just be like, so what are you going to do? And or like, maybe I would be like, ask some questions. Like, what do you do when you get angry? You like, how do you feel when you get angry? Oh, I've seen you get angry. Yeah. You're like this. And I'm like, huh. Okay. Vibes with what I'm getting. And I would just try to put it together based on people. So all of my astrology was based on the fact that I didn't understand what the fuck was on the internet and just based on, this is what I know about people. So I think when it came down to it too, I was, sometimes I would put stuff on the internet that was so aggressively different than what was already there. People were really confused by it. Like, that's not true, Alyssa, because I didn't read about this in a book. And I'm like, no, you didn't because I just figured it out by watching this person. And it's like, you can't say it's not true because the internet exists now. And this book was written 20 years ago. So quite possibly we've evolved. And so as the energies in these different planets, they've all evolved. And yeah, so it was like, it was a lot like, cause people were getting me from like, you're saying the wrong thing. This isn't in a book. And I'd be like, it's not in a book. I know some people would be like, all Alyssa does is read from a book. Like I, I couldn't win <laughs> at all. Um, but I still can never win. I'm learning that it's not about winning. Life is a journey, not a finish line. Alyssa, shut the fuck up about winning all the time. Um, it's a Sagittarius midheaven. I'm like, why have I, why have I not won? I should be winning all the time. But yeah, that was that was the initial part of it. It was like I, I swore, I simplified, I had my own viewpoints of it, and I was negative about things. However, I was negative equally. <laughs> I was an equal opportunity negative person. And I would try very hard to talk about the positives and the negatives of each sign or each placement and go deep into them. And when I really got into like all my videos on the planets and the houses, I would spend one to two weeks on that energy. Like, so if I was going to do a Mars and Virgo video, I would have spent two months on Mars and Virgo, like in my brain while I was at work because of the server, I'd be like, got to figure this out. Or like if I was pregnant, I forget what was going on with that. I was pregnant and I'd be like watching people, watching myself, trying to figure it out. Um, and then at the very end, I'd be like, I think I got it. And so I would just turn on the the webcam and I didn't have a script or anything. And I would just start speaking all the stuff that I was learning. And it definitely made for something different, which I think is what a lot of people have allowed themselves to see too, because now people are much more conversational with it and observational. People are writing the new astrology because it has to change, right? We're in a new age. That's, that's pretty much all I've been thinking about recently because and that's what I want to explore through this podcast. And the story is not ending here, you know, like as, as this podcast continues, and we're going to keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and building on that. But yeah, it's like, I feel like we're in a totally new era. Like we are leaving a pandemic. The world is very different in how we work and how we mm -hmm. socialize. There's different like human physical boundaries and barriers so um it's a different space right and it's also a very racial space that we live in 
today um, where race matters a lot, um, mm-hmm. gender matters a lot. And so like we take into account like all of these um, outdated like delineations of certain astrology things and then we place it in today's society and it, and it just doesn't fit. And I feel like we have to be recontextualizing it or we have to at least be talking about it. And I feel like no one's talking about it. And I feel like people just run to traditional astrology to find control, to find expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, what are you, I'm probably gonna rustle some feathers, but it's like, what are you doing clinging on to traditional astrology? <laughs> like yeah. we're supposed to be progressing the astrology. like. We are the astrologers that we dreamt of. We are the astrologers that we studied. Like, we are those people. Like, when people talk about the astrologers of Greece, like, we are those of 2022. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And we have, Every- we have, we have personal power. We have power, you know? Sorry, God. No, no. I'm, I was going to say, like, every one of those astrologers from back then was progressing it, right? Yeah, exactly. We, they were built. They were all. Yeah, they were making up their own systems. It's not like these old Hellenistic systems that we just recently rediscovered um, were not one time brand new, right? And it's like, so what kind of new system can you bring into this world? Or are you going to be regurgitating nonsense crap still? Because there's there's a couple of things where I realize that people have not gotten on me. And one of them is my Midheaven thing. Because I, I said that, like, because it was my discovery... I love talking about my discoveries. I'm going to pat myself on the back, but that we act like our midheaven online. And when I figured that out, I was like, the midheaven was created for social media and online systems. Like that's really where the midheaven came from because nobody could explain it. Like I read a midheaven book. It was so boring. I tried to understand the midheaven before I went on forums. I was trying to like figure this out because I was trying to figure out what is a midheaven. And then all of a sudden I was like, shut up, stop, look around. Nobody really had a midheaven unless they were royalty or famous. And it was harder to be that back then. So nobody really ever got to see themselves in that light. But now everybody does. And that's what's throwing people off when they're reading their charts and stuff. And so I was like, that's it. And I said it. And I noticed no traditional astrologers have a fucked me up on that one. They actually kind of use it. And it's because I explained it to them in a modern way and they have to use it because it makes too much sense. But that should be done with everything. It's just that the midheaven was impossible to see otherwise. And if anybody were to like see it, be like, no, the midheaven was, no, it wasn't. You guys could not construct a complete fucking sentence about the midheaven. You had to take up five pages to explain something that's very simple. It's your public image. That's all it is. Yeah. So nobody had a public image until recently only few people did yeah. um and so that's why like my midheaven series is the one that everybody likes the best yeah i, I want pisces i want pisces <laughs> i know i'm actually restarting up my system i had a little moment where i went through dark night of the soul i didn't care about midheavens at all because i wanted to die like or like hide um but i'm coming back i'm gonna do all the i'm gonna do everybody's midheaven um, on YouTube and give you guys the full thing because I do think it's so important for people to figure out how to utilize it the best so that they don't have to think about it because nobody should be up here thinking about their public image all their life. It's so pointless. We have so much more to do, but it's that public image that we're obsessed with because we don't get it. And that's where I've like been actively for years trying to like help the midheaven energy out 
it is it's a new prospect and i i've i've i think i've progressed it even more at least on tiktok where people have started to say it's your career it's your career it's your career but i said hold up that's a very capitalistic understanding sure yes we live in a capitalistic society so we can look at the midheaven as career right yes in a way in a way but it's really about our public image it's about our public reputation it's about our legacy it's about Mm -hmm. historical imprint that we leave on this world um yes it's our glory and you're on something too when people say it's a career i'm like get the fuck out of here you can find any pop star with a different midheaven so does that mean that in order to be a pop star you should have the same midheaven right it is it's like i every astrologer that i've met has a different um, midheaven than me i've literally only met two astrologers that have sagittarius midheavens like me so what does that mean (laughs) like you can't be an astrologer if you're midheaven isn't Sagittarius or, you know, what, like, it's so stupid. doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the energy in which you portray yourself in the world and what the world wants from you. Simple. And, and that's why I just feel like it's important to talk about these things. Like even to have the discussion, like I'm not on here saying this is what I think. And everybody has to think this way. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, sorry, I'm getting so like <laughs> that I'm hitting the lamp. <laughs> I'm still here. Don't. I'm sorry. I have to like plug in my yeah plug somehow. I don't know how that happened. I could cut this out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, there. Okay. Like I'm not on here trying to convince people of a certain angle or get them to enter my cult of a certain knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to talk about it. Like I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you think. Like let's have a wise constructive conversation about this like let's not just be so closed off about it like in traditional astrology well this is what this is about and like no like let's can you think a little bit more like can you push push it a little bit more you know there's a reason why like astrology is pretty much it's not mainstream yet i mean still has a lot of naysayers but it's getting there it's push it's thresholding you know what i'm saying there's a fault line it's ready to break and it's because it's been updated by so many different like modern astrologers. Um, the problem was before that it was pointless to look up your astrology stuff because it was going to be like perfected to be over your head. Perfected, like people would curate statements so that you didn't get it, so that they could feel smarter or something. That's what it always felt like to me. Yeah. Sorry, you have a point. No, that's fine. No, go on. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a reason people like it better now. There's a lot of, I've seen some rhetoric around like the ancient astrologers would kind of, how do I say like skew, like make their language more complicated and make it less readable or make it less like hard, like harder to like learn and understand. And like, they're like ancient astrologers protecting the knowledge and some astrologers do that still. Yeah, and they they feel like they're supposed to be protecting it. It's kind of like the mummy. Yeah. They've got to protect the mummy, but it's like the mummy's going to come out anyway. We, we've we been protecting it for thousands of years. <laughs> I just got chills. <laughs> and then I come in and I'm like, fuck y'all, I'm going to go free the mummy. Yeah, like... I, <laughs> it's That's actually funny. It's just interesting how we take ancient knowledge or just 
like old, older historical systems of theory and use it yeah. in today's society. You know what? It's actually a huge problem too, because if we don't break it down to see what we like about what is old, we will end up adding old ancient ideas to modern day thinking. And so for one thing too, is like virgin. Virgin meant free woman or free soul, basically someone who was not married. That was always what virgin meant. It's what the sign of Virgo means. It's freedom because it comes right before Libra, which is about marriage, merging with another person. Virgo was a free woman. She could have sex. She could whatever. So the Virgin Mary was an unmarried person. Didn't mean she never had sex. It meant that she literally got pregnant, unmarried, probably about 14, and an angel visited her and said, don't be afraid. You're pregnant, bitch, because you, whatever. But like, don't worry. I've got this guy here. He's going to come and he's going to take care of you, even though you're pregnant. Um, so anyway, all of that stuff makes sense, right? Because that's what we knew until the 13th century when they decided that virgin meant never had sex, right? So virgin now means never having sex, where it used to never mean that. So if you're going to add new old information on top of this new information, you're going to confuse people because everything's already been altered and changed up into this point. So you have to wipe everything away because you don't know what was created, what system was created for control and what system was created for freedom, basically. Yeah, it's true. You have to be able to look at it objectively. You have to be able to say like, this is different. And my mom has really helped me with this because of her um, inability to see outside of things or she's a very slow mover. And I would be like, well, what about the, you know, because my mom's big Christian. Like, what about Lilith, the demon? Never heard of her. And I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting, mom, because you've read the Bible and you've tried to go into other religions and stuff. You said that, like, you would know a little bit about Lilith. Um, no. And I was like, okay, so Lilith was apparently Adam's first wife. And I brought that up and she was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm trying to have a fucking conversation, mom. <laughs> you don't get to just stop it in its tracks. And I noticed that that is what anybody does on any side, not just my mom. It can be any astrologer who only does traditional astrology. If I'm like, well, what about this? No. And you're like, mm, okay, what about no? You're like, you cannot have a real conversation if you're ending it and you're ending it because you're afraid of what you might find out. You're afraid of knowledge and that's fine. Be afraid of knowledge, but don't, don't hyper, don't like pat yourself on the back. Cause you're a little bitch like this. <laughs> I can't handle that. Yeah. You are, there's no reason to be afraid of learning things at this point. And if you don't want to talk to me about it and you want to shut it out, then do that, but don't stand on your cruddy box yeah and preach yeah and like uh the same thing with like the concept of fatness which i talked about in some of my social media posts that you know back then historically fatness was looked at as a blessing you were very fortunate uh -huh. you were very wealthy um and now fatness is frowned upon it is stigmatized uh -huh. um and it exists in a very different space where we're um evaluating ourselves our self-image our self-perception way more because of social media or hmm. even skewing our uh perception of ourself like with the filters and making ourselves mm -hmm. different and 
creating an image on social media. It's just such a different time. Um, but it's interesting how society then flipped and now fatness is looked down, down upon. Um, and like, how does that fit into astrology, you know? And, and how do we take these historical meanings of fatness being a blessing and then bring it to 2022? And then how do we kind of place it in 2022 at the same time? You know, you know, what's interesting is that what I think about any sort of like flip, like the pendulum, it always swings the other way because technically as a Libra, I have to say this, everything needs to be into balance. Right. So that's something, but one of the big things that happened, and I think we can probably look at it astrologically, but was that athletes around the seventies to the eighties to the nineties, especially the eighties to the nineties, um, started to become like elite and making more money and being more powerful. Um, and then doctors started working with athletes in a really powerful way to create um, these fucking machines out of people, right? And athletes make more money, you know, as a profession than a lot of other professions do, um, especially like basketball players and stuff and like these elite athletes. And as these, it's it's an interesting thing because if you look at athletes over the rise of social media, look at how athletes have actually changed the way we view people more so than females and models. Like there's, we can pinpoint certain things like cellulite was never a problem until they decided in the sixties that cellulite was a problem. They created a cream for it. And then all of a sudden cellulite became a problem, but we never saw it that way before. You can look at that, but that's so tiny. And I've always like noticed, cause I love, um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the last dance. Michael Jordan's documentary on Netflix or like um, winning time on HBO max. Like I love those little, I fucking, I, I like sports and stuff. I used to be a basketball manager, like in high school, I do the stats for the basketball team and I used to play basketball. I worked in a sports science center. <laughs> you did. Okay. That's really cool. So you can kind of like see this. All right. Because I'm like starting to be like, why am I going off into this athlete thing? Like, it's a little, it's a side hustle. I work with athletes a lot. <laughs> so when you work with athletes, you start to understand the human body in a way that we never understood the human body back in the day. You utilize the human body to be warriors, to protect you. And so that made you look down on them because they were front lines, like Marines, grunts, stuff like that. Not saying anything against Marines, but you know, like these people, they go out and they fight for you and you don't have to do anything. However, once you become science-minded, you start to see that the human body can perform in ways that are godlike and unimaginable, things that you've never experienced before. And that's why like athletes in the 90s and 2000s, especially now, would kill athletes in the 70s because their bodies are so much more scientifically engineered that's the yeah, word I can't bodies think. are a machine like literally you can increase performance of a certain like sports skill just by working on a certain muscle body part and also there's also the idea of um pretty much establishing equilibrium in your body uh, so you don't have imbalances of power when you're outputting in this is so you know and it's like once you um, actually, and there's science and lots of data to back it up that once you 
make it more balanced, like in terms of your power output, it leads to less likelihood to get injured. Yes, which is what I believe personally, and I'm not going to say that it has to be this way, but is why we value thinness or healthiness, like an attractiveness now. It's not necessarily because of a war in woman, and you can hate me for this like anybody can, but I am like female and I've gone down that route. I've gone down that route so far that I don't think that it's it. I think what it is, is this understanding of the human body and wanting to be elite. We don't like we praise eliteness now, like whether it's eliteness of your mind or your body or both. And um, because I find myself like I have been overweight a couple of times, like pregnancy hormones and things like that. And when I am, I it's not just that I look in the mirror. I don't like myself. It's that I am weighted down. I'm tired and I I don't feel as good. I get like vertigo and stuff like that. I get like, there's a lot of health problems that come with it for me, even not even being that much overweight. But, and that would have been a big thing is that I like to run and I can't run as far when I'm heavier because I'm carrying more weight. And you think you're running loses weight, but it's not necessarily that it's more about you gain a lot of muscle and stuff too, when you're doing all that. But there's a thing within me that when I start to go that route, because it's very Virgo (laughs) too, is that I want to be better. I want to push myself. And that idea of me wanting to be better and push myself is something that I also use in my mind when it comes to astrology. I want to know more. I want to be better. And what I believe is that our desire to be better for ourselves should not be projected onto anybody else. And that I think becomes an issue when it does come to like obsessively filtered things, stuff like that. It's like people are trying to pretend they're elite, but they're just not. Or Mm -hmm. I've met, you know, so many women with eating disorders who are in a similar position that I'm in because they want to be valued for their thinness, but they're, they don't also want to be elite. They just want to appear to be. And that actually I want to make sure that that didn't sound like that. I'm not trying to say that anyone with an eating disorder is trying to be elite without putting in the work. That's not true. It's like, that's not at all because I said it and I was like, that sounded kind of like it, but it was more like they, they see what they don't know how to achieve it. And so it becomes self-hatred. That's where it is. And that's the eating disorder is more of the self-hatred where self-love comes in trying to be better, trying to be the best version of yourself. But also it's balanced because it is, it just is balanced. Like I can't not even, it doesn't matter how much I want my body to be finely tuned and not be injured and to like feel healthier and like to sit here and be like, man, I feel good about myself when I sit here because my back doesn't hurt because my abs are strong, like that kind of stuff. Or like, I want to be able to lift a box and not get hurt or lift my kid up and not be hurt. Like these things are, I think they're valid, but we also are, our ability as a, human nature to then shame people who, who are not like that is insane. But that might even just trickle down into like how we just attack anything that we don't like, or that's not trying or that we, we perceive is doing the wrong thing. And it's like, it has nothing to do with anybody doing the wrong thing or putting themselves out there doing the wrong thing. We're very judgmental people. Yeah. And 
this is like kind of a little bit of a rant, but that's the thing. I think that's the reason why it's flipped a little bit. Like, and, and like in general, is we it's flipped because we have become as a culture desiring elite forces in every area. Mm. And not all of it is achievable for everybody. Right. And we forget that too. Like I'm never going to be a basketball player. I'm not that good. And I'm not tall. And um, I wasn't bred for it. And I can't do it. I'm not, it's just a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons why I can't be a basketball player, which sucks for me. I'm not going to obsess about it though. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I tried to play basketball. I suck. So, and, I'm tall <laughs> and slender and pretty. So, I, either way. <laughs> it's funny though, because I, I do think that like the sport you like, or the way that you have sex, which I'm not going to go into that now because I'm not trying to like make this about that. But like the way that you want to have sex, the way that you approach sex, the way that you approach sports, the kind of sports that you like, all of that, because it's very primal, physical, is how your mind approaches life. It's all Virgo stuff. It's life. So if the lust for life energy, like are you somebody who wants to go after something? Do you like the rush of certain things. You like playing these things. You like jumping off cliffs. Are you somebody who doesn't like to do that? It's gonna, that's gonna trickle in that energy. It's gonna show you what you would do in your career as well. And sometimes healing your body can heal your mind and your career output as well. And that's something I've had to consider a lot because actually, you know what? When I'm like, in a place where my home hormones are unbalanced and I'm overweight and I'm not happy. I actually hate astrology. <laughs> That's my own correlation. It's not like projected onto anybody else, but it's, there's a lot of things that are happening within my body that are making it harder for me to like mentally do things. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, rant. I'm sorry. I like no, go on these. I mean, I think it's, we should probably cap the the podcast just because it's at mm-hmm. more than 30 minutes and I, I feel like we talked about what I really wanted to talk about and we came to a conclusion and I think brought clarity to a lot of things. My cat's meowing, so maybe he's like yeah, I-, I don't want to do a big athlete thing. That but that's fun. I love that you like have dealt within that. That's very cool. Cause I I feel as though that science of the body is science of the mind. It's all it's all aligning all of that. Yeah. And it is like in my brain, like all I want to do is be elite from like so mind, painful. body. <laughs> we will call them super athletes. Like one of our taglines, you know, like super yeah. athletes. We would say elite, world class. Um, yeah, just like a lot of elite type languages. But yeah, I think we should end the podcast. Thank you so <laughs> yeah, yeah. much for... Um, joining and doing the, the first part and then this part um thank you such an honor truly awesome. um, and i have to work on like being more grateful for the moments that i'm in you know and i feel like sometimes i don't realize or recognize um the moments that i'm in or like the the meaning of the moments that i'm in so mm-hmm. i'm taking this moment too okay i'm gonna take it into that. i appreciate that so thank you. It's it's very it's it's an honor because I don't know it's just very interesting like watching you on the YouTube, and then I just kind of you know took my role of power on TikTok and 
now you're on my podcast and I don't know, it's just interesting to see how life ends up. <laughs> it is interesting. Life is so fucking weird. That's why you can't you can't hold on to an outcome because you don't know what will happen. Life is so weird and it makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. It all ends up working out. Everything that I've gone through is the same over yeah. and over again. <laughs> but okay, thank you so much. Um if you guys like the podcast, don't forget to share it. Um, where you could rate it five stars, review it, um, follow Alyssa if you're not following Alyssa anymore at the Divine Venus. Um, she's on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, right? Yeah, my Twitter is stupid. And you have no a one- podcast. We talked about a podcast. We talked about your podcast. Um, yeah. when she talks about fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And the Bible. So in case you like my little thing about the Bible that I mentioned a couple times, <laughs> big thing there, um, which is why it's not on my main channel. Um, yes. Oh my God, there's a spider. Oh, that's cool. There's a spider right now. That means uh, something. Wait, this is so weird. I was texting my friend yesterday, Jojo, and um, <laughs> he said that as I was texting him, a spider appeared. Really? That's interesting. My hmm. name is Scorpio. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, was, I don't know where the spider went I was gonna kill it oh, I'm sorry I kill spiders it was just saying bye <laughs> yeah it must have been <laughs> okay cool well it's lovely to be on your podcast again thank you I love you so much um, have a great night everybody and um, stay tuned for the next podcast bye, bye guys <laughs>